kiddies. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. (laughs) Welcome back to the Quality Time Podcast. That's right, no intro music. We're jumping right in. It's St. Patrick's Day week, and eventually we will get to Leprechaun on the Hood if you stick around. But kicking this thing off, Ashley Pontius, God bless her soul, has gone above and beyond and did the legwork that I refuse to do. Um, not refuse to do. It just, you know, it's a busy schedule. So Ashley deserves all the credit for booking us our very special guest, the director of Psycho Gore Man, which I will say is an instant classic, also is coming out on March 16th to Blu-ray. So all you quality timers, go out there purchase this film you'll hear why it's important and it needs to be the most successful film of 2021 but we're super excited to talk to the director steve kostansky and debut jeremy's song that he wrote for the director called hunky boys so stick around to right after the interview to hear that played right there and then we'll hop into the episode proper where we go over leprechaun in the hood for for the culture once again anyway guys Get strapped in. I've talked enough. Here we go. Not much. How's it going? Excellent. Uh, well, thank you for joining us here on the Quality Time podcast. Uh, as you, uh, as our listeners know, I'm Eric Woodworth. I'm also joined by my co-hosts Ashley and Jeremy, my sweet deranged brother. And this week we do have. Uh, Who are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, Jeremy. Who's joining us on the program? <laughs> it is me, Lloyd Kaufman. Oh, you're Lloyd Kaufman tonight. Okay, I got it. Famed trauma director. Oh. Look at this. Two famous people. I can almost tell. You sound just like him. I just wanted to, to give to, to give some love to the new director who is very good. <laughs> All right. Excellent. No, but, uh, wow, you sound just like him. Oh, my God. Uh, night and day, right, Stephen? <laughs> Uh, no, thanks for joining us, uh, Stephen. We uh, we love the new movie, uh, Psycho Gorman, and we love that you're taking a little bit of time to talk with uh, us lunatics over here in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I was uh, I was looking through some of your stuff, and uh, I noticed you're from Winnipeg, Canada, because the internet is a creepy place where I can Google search things about you. So. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Winnipeg, Canada. I, I mean, I I love it. Obviously, what is it? Neil Young from Winnipeg, and is also my two favorite wrestlers. And now my uh my one of my favorite directors, all from there. What is it about Winnipeg that creates such great talent? Uh, uh, that's a it's gonna be a hard sell to tell you why Winnipeg is wicked. But uh, I mean, it's my hometown. It's a very like family oriented town. I miss it a lot. I live in Toronto right now. And, you know, being in the big city makes me miss uh, kind of the smaller, quainter things about a city like Winnipeg. You know, it's also it's a city where, as a indie filmmaker, you can get away with a lot more stuff. And, uh, you know, on all our early projects, like Manborg and Father's Day, we were like running around the streets just kind of shooting what we wanted and not getting hassled. 
And so, I mean, that's one of the things I love about Winnipeg is that, we, you know, we got away with so much making our early films there. And I'd love to go back and, and shoot more more projects there. Yeah, I imagine, like, a, I've never been to Winnipeg myself, but I imagine, like, the cops roll up on you, and they're like, is, is that Steve? Steve, what are you doing? A little film project there. Can I, uh, and then he's I just mean, in the movie then? <laughs> I mean, I wish it was, like, that I didn't Like, we did have an encounter with the cops once shooting uh, my short film, Heart of Carl. Uh, we were in kind of a seedy part of town. And the cops pulled us over and were asking us what we were doing there. And, you know, we're telling them that we're shooting a movie and gesturing to the monster maps in the backseat of my uh, Honda Civic. And, they, you know, it took, for some reason took a bit of convincing from them uh, to actually get them to believe that we were making a movie, despite the fact that there's a monster mask, a tripod, a camera, and all this stuff. So did get into some trouble at least it's not as much trouble. yeah this is no this tripod this is all just a bit we're just doing this is all part of part of the bit we're doing out here in the middle of the woods on a on a thursday afternoon no that's exciting yeah. um the uh, uh i do love um psycho gorman I'm, i'll obviously kick it to my co-host here to ask a question in a second but I, I know you I, I did love your old movie The Void um the uh, uh 20 what is that 2011 did that come out am I right on that 2016 okay I was off by 5 years I'm a horrible person but um the uh, I I think that it's kind of underrated that like you kind of came back to this classic style of like 80s kind of uh, movie making that has totally made a resurgence now as we've reached 2020 in the late uh, and approaching that you know with things like Stranger Things as well as um, uh, you know you know Panos with uh, Mandy and films like that um, do, do you see yourself as like the kind of one of the guys that really broke this uh, resurgence in the genre uh, my, the film collective that was part of uh kind of the first run of that sort of filmmaking where we were all, the five of us is uh, me, Adam Brooks, Connor Tween, Matt Kennedy, and Jeremy Gillespie. Like, five of us were very passionate about like uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s genre films. And we just wanted to make stuff like that. And so, uh, yeah, we, we turned out a lot of shorts over the course of a few years. Uh Probably my biggest one would have been Laser Ghost 2, Return to Laser Cove, which uh, was, you know, like it doesn't style a fake trailer, which is sort of like, uh, I guess, a more popular style. Uh, maybe not so much now, but I feel like we were ahead of the trend with a lot of. Sorry, can you hear me now? Yeah, you're coming through. It's like it's it's like going in and out a little bit. It's it's the funs of talking on a phone. No worries. Um, the uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hi, Steve. This is Ashley. Uh, I have to ask, you know, what does it feel like to not just have fans? Like, you obviously had fans when you created The Void. You know, you already know we're huge fans. But what is it like to have a legion of people who are already making art? You know, I saw Valentine's Day cards. I've already seen tattoos of Psycho Gorman. Like, what does that feel like to now have people absolutely losing their minds for your movie? Uh, I mean, it's pretty great, the response to the film. Like, I was not expecting this at all. I thought for sure I was making a movie that catered to a very niche audience. So the fact that it's mm-hmm. hit 
like so wide and had like a broader appeal uh, is very surprising. And I'm still trying to figure out like how that even happened because I still think <laughs> the movie is. I, I felt like I was just making a movie for myself. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very much my sensibility specifically. So the fact that people have latched onto it and like but found entertainment in the absurd stuff, the absurd story that I wanted to tell, uh, really makes me feel good and is uh, yeah, and <laughs> makes me feel good about committing two years of my life to making this thing because it was a lot of work. <laughs> very low, very low budget project. Uh, very much a passion project for me. Um, so yeah, it's nice that it has connected with people. I think the thing well, that awesome. connect the, the thing that really. Uh, I mean, I, as a fan of the movie, thank you for making it. By the way, uh, I you know I was a, a kid who you know grew up in the '90s with things like Power Rangers, and uh, and then my my older brother who uh, is uh, Lloyd Kaufman tonight is uh, he he also introduced me to Guar at an age I shouldn't have seen it. So this was really just the marriage of two things that I loved as a child so much of just seeing. I was just I was just like you know it'd be great if odorous your showed up on an episode of Power Rangers and just started mauling everyone and that's really what I felt like I got out of your movie I almost it, it at times it brought me to tears with uh, the the parts of my childhood that it touched oh that's perfect. Well, I guess that's the era I grew up in Oh man, we're losing you real bad, Stephen. Um, we're got like uh, I think right now it just sounds like the the psycho gore man is uh, doing his feasting upon you, and <laughs> it, it, it's very garbly okay. and co- as it's coming through here. Uh, I'm sure there's <laughs> I'm sure there's good stuff being said. Oh, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you now. Don't worry, we'll fix this okay. up with the magic of editing. <laughs> Sure. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just as far as, like, the influences of the movie, it was very much inspired by my experiences as a video store kid watching R-rated movies at an age that was too young to be watching them at. And so it's very much a culmination of my experiences watching, uh, like, Terminator 2 and RoboCop and uh, Guyver 2 at an age that was maybe a little too young. Uh, I was a little too young to be watching those films, and so, you know, they traumatized me a bit with uh, their extreme violence and kind of harsh realities that they presented, but also in with the science fiction aspects to them. Uh, you know, like Terminator 2, obviously as a kid, I'm going to love the chrome robot shooting purple lasers, but be a little horrified by the liquid metal man impaling a guy through the eye, so... It's the PG is very much me kind of like working through those conflicting feelings of like wish fulfillment of like fantasy elements, but then also the shock and horror of the brutal reality of some of these situations. So PG is very much a culmination of that. Yeah, I think, and I think it shows. It's it. I, I I could feel the love in that. I think I'm only going to get one chance, but uh, I just freshly saw Manborg today. And and really just wanted to know about the little man who was who shared your same last name. Oh yeah, it's my uh, my brother Mike. I uh, filmed him on green screen and shrunk him down uh, to to a uh, pint size because I wanted I wanted like an e- a wicket 
Ewok type type character to show. <laughs> I, I hate to say when I saw that scene and the noises that he made out of his mouth had me laughing for almost two minutes straight. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I try to I try to stick my family in my movies where I can. Uh, Mike did a kind of similar uh, kind of diverse noises in PG that only appear briefly in the flashbacks. Um, but yeah, I, I try to put my family in stuff where I can. In Manborg, my parents actually show up as well uh, as, <laughs> two, as two two dirty hobos. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, so, yeah, and I always give, I give them the most glamorous roles possible. <laughs> and and also we we can't do it because of the feed we're doing and because of the time limit. Uh, I made a song for Psycho Gorman today uh, involving one of the best jokes from your film, uh, but we're obviously going to have to put it just on our podcast. So, so cool. if you well, if you get a chance to circle back, check it out because uh, Jeremy pours his life and soul into his music, uh, much as a much as the same way as a chop top would from a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. So, uh, oh, cool. Well, I'll have to check that out. Not to give away too much, the name of the song is called "Hunky Boys." So there you <laughs> go. Well, there you go. Now I'm very excited. <laughs> I, I do want to. I know we're running out of time here. We got about like three minutes left. We're on the clock. He's a busy man. So, uh, real quick, I just want to say, um, I, I I love the characters that you designed. I think my I, hands down my favorite, and I don't know what his name is, but he's just the bucket of meat parts. That guy, yep. Death Trapper, <laughs> Death Trapper, Death Trapper. Yep. Oh my! Where where does the idea for Death Trapper come from? Is it just late night, two scotches in, and it's just like, yep, I've that bucket right over there. That's the last character I'm putting well, in here. I just it's, it's very much a like Star Wars type concept, in my opinion. It's very much like the uh, I hope I'm not mispronouncing it, but the gunk, the like trash can guy and stuff. It's like two feet yes. sticking out of a box, like. I love characters like that that are just like weirdly immobile and impractical. And so I was kind of ripping on the punk idea and wondering like, well, this is like a garbage can, like a walking garbage can. And then I just kept building on that and being like, well, what if it was full of body parts? And he like, he's like the guy that collected the body parts on the battlefield. And, uh, yeah. And of course, and of course, the Gonk Droid is actually the lead Jawa, and his name is Rusty Goff, who is also a Oompa Loompa. Oh, nice. well, you're full of all the facts. Jeremy could have been a, a medical doctor. Instead, he knows every little person that's ever played in a film. I don't understand it. It's his gift and his curse. <laughs> I love, I love Lyndon Porco. <laughs> oh, Lyndon is great, and I would love to put him in uh, something again in the future. We had a lot of fun on Leprechaun. He was, I thought, he knocked it out of the park playing that character and uh, I hope to uh, collaborate. Well, it's it's funny you say that because uh, I know. Um, by the way, anybody, all of our listeners, obviously, uh, Blu-ray coming out March sixteenth. Make sure you pick up Psycho Gorman. Buy this so that in the hopes we can possibly see a Psycho Gorman too. Is that a possibility, Steve? I love that that's the part where the call was starting to drop out is where we asked if there'd be part two. <laughs> Maybe he's still with us. Are you still there, Steve? 
Let me bring him back. Let me bring him back. Mm-hmm. Although, if that's the cliffhanger that we end on, that kind of rules. <laughs> <laughs> that we don't know that there's going to be a Psycho Goreman too. I do kind of love that, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, she's also, I think she's dropped now. We'll see if she comes back. We'll we'll hang around for a minute. I do think it's hilarious if he's just gone. He's like, oh, are we done with that interview? Yeah, we're fucking done. Like <laughs> That would be very funny. <laughs> like, we're going to talk to those losers for one more minute? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Oh, oh, we got him. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, Steve, sorry. Uh, Psycho Goreman 2, is it a possibility if we push enough of these DVDs and Blu-rays out into the world right now? It's definitely a possibility. It's an idea that I am already pursuing and trying to figure out, like, narratively, what's the next step? Um, It's just kind of like, what's the best medium for BG to return, Uh, whether it's a movie or a series? Uh, still trying to sort that part out, but there will be more adventures with PG in the future. I can pretty much guarantee that at this point. Well, <laughs> well, I can just tell you, my pants have evaporated off my body with that news. I'm excited. <laughs> Steve, Cheers. thank you so much for joining us on the program. Uh, I know you're on the whole media blitz, so we're going to let you go, uh, but we truly appreciate it, and, and keep doing the Lord's work out there. Oh, thank you very much. It was great talking to you guys. Till next time. All right, great. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Long live Guy Gax. <laughs> Frig off. <laughs> promised we're gonna hop right back into the episode proper recorded in front of a live studio uh, un- unfinished basement o- audience there's uh, you guys listening to it recorded there's nothing live about it anyhow welcome back oh <laughs> uh, you guys you guys and you gals welcome to quality time my name is eric woodworth your host and uh, i'm joined by my blood my brother Mr. Jeremy P. Woodworth, Jeremy, how are you, sir? What are you talking to? Oh my gosh! Can I can I guess who's on the show this week? Is this is this Warwick Davis? No, it is I, the man of the hour, Peter Dinklage. Oh no, Peter Dinklage! You I <laughs> I am a big fan of all the Leprechaun films, but I play only straight roles like Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited because Peter Dinklage, uh, and I know we've mentioned this on the store, uh, the show before, uh, is has been cast as Melvin in the reboot of the uh, the Toxic Avenger, which I think is going to be 
That's a primo. That's a solid move to have Peter Dinklage. And he as, grows really tall. Yeah, yeah. He goes really tall and becomes the new Toxic Avenger. So I'm I'm excited about <laughs> wow. that. It's a big budget. Are you sure you're not talking about the new cartoon version for like little kids? No, no. That's first of all, that's the Toxic Crusaders. Completely different property. Came on uh-huh. right after Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, the television series, both of which I have on Blu-ray. And um, you still have any of your figures no uh we had that uh crippling emotionally uh dead part of my soul when our house burned down jeremy and every part of every (laughs) piece of memorabilia that i owned burned to the ground i feel like you know this remember when remember when everything you owned burned and now and then it was like a pile of plastic um (laughs) i do remember that i actually had a very extensive collection um of uh of spawn like series one two and three action figures the mcfarlane ones like the original ones and uh, i did find them in the rubble that was my, our home uh they had melted into one giant thing looking like blob of toys that was just it, it just yeah it was just a big charred thing with like spawn parts in it so that was uh that's probably still worth something yeah i mean now i uh I, it sits outside and we worship it but um <laughs> Call me old fashioned, but uh, I made a f- idol out of it, and now that's what we sacrifice my uh, other children to, except for the two that we keep in the house. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, we also are joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm good, Daddy. Great. How are things? Are you still? Uh, we, me, me, and Ashley, Jeremy, last week we went to go see uh, Tommy Simbazo's special after the recording. Uh, he recorded a Hulu mm. special, and then uh, yesterday uh, we learned that uh, Tommy Simbazo has COVID nineteen. So that's an exciting thing that happened. Uh, how are you feeling, Ashley? <laughs> uh thrilled but also invincible because unlike you i have danced with the devil in the pale moonlight and it gave me a permanent rash so i'm feeling (laughs) (laughs) i i think uh, you know what fuck it i want to be the next toxic avenger hell yeah yeah but our sweet diabetic friend tommy simbazo says he thinks he's over the worst of it he's about a week in i'm still showing no symptoms and uh i'm just not gonna get tested again that's my new thing is uh just not you know just not get tested yeah. and look for symptoms um and uh, so far so good i'm a weekend i'm feeling great i'm gonna drink some more um some more liquor today uh i think that's with the real cure for covid Looking for simps is definitely uh, kind of in your ballpark, so I get it. <laughs> I think, wouldn't it be cool if we made a game called Simp City, and it's just basically Ashley's, Ashley's life, where she, yeah, it's just... It's me it's, in Baltimore looking for someone to date. <laughs> it's just reading your DMs. That's that, that's what Simp City is. You know what's so funny, though? I, I love that everybody like, shits on guys that are simps. I'm like, ah, you know what? I I would love a simp. I would love to pimp out a simp. I would love one. I unfortunately get the opposite of simps. I don't know what that would be, but I, I get I get very cocky, stupid people and not sweet, deprecating boys that give me money. Jeremy, do I you know a, do you know what a simp is? Are you familiar with this uh, terminology? Um, is it somebody that's a really big Simpsons fan? Yes, really big <laughs> Simpsons fans. No, the a simp is a is a guy who doesn't fuck, but he tries really hard. He's a cons- he's a consistent friend zoner. Is that is that <laughs> am I saying it right? 
Yes. I feel like you know another definition of it that you're you're holding back from us, though, Ashley. <laughs> you're going to be mad, because I was going to say, if you look in a dictionary, Eric's picture is next to Sip. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I tried to hold back, but you made me spill wow. it. <laughs> wow. Um, so welcome funny. to the last episode of Quality Time. You're um, such a nice boy. <laughs> no, oh, I... Well, Mr. Eric, just not fucking everybody because you actually have a wife. Whatever. Um, just not fucking. Period. Okay, and that's I, also, I live a life also of her Is what I was trying. Yeah. <laughs> that was my point. I was like, she's got her own simp, Miss Miss Mrs. Woodworth. Teach me how to find my own simp. I already won sex, guys. I have two children. That's that's winning I know, right that's there. Incredible. So I've done I've I'm done losing. my deed. Now it's just. Look, I, I ask my wife for sex every month just so I can be shot down and feel like a loser again. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeremy. You know what? You I can love both. It. You can both be my simps. I can be like Michonne in Walking Dead, and you're my two castrated <laughs> zombie-like pawns that just follow me around everywhere this could this could work this this weird relationship could work hey as long as i can be in blackface it's all good <laughs> thank you zombie thank blackface you. i feel bad i feel like i shit on eric i didn't mean to i will hold this against you for at least another 30 seconds um <laughs> and now we've moved on to our next I topic under, i don't even understand how that was in, in, um, shitting on him oh okay um Eric's my hero. I, I, don't, I can't even fake it. I don't know what's happening. I'm trying to pull back. <laughs> things, sticking my things, are, things are getting weird now, and I like it. Uh, much like well, I like... Here, yeah, go ahead. Here's what I want to... Sorry, here's what I want to say. You know what? Eric Eric takes a beating from me verbally pretty often. You know, he's my human punching bag sometimes, and I appreciate it. But guys, I appreciate you. I'm lucky to be on a show. It's been a wild year. It's been a good time. It is. And we're and we're on the dawn of St. Patty's Day, which I'm excited about. Uh, a a Patty, a St. Patty's Day that uh, will be under quarantine. No, uh, no, uh, no doubt. There you go. I can't even think of the words "no" and "doubt" right now. That's how off my brain is. I'm sorry. I've been drinking heavily for the last two days. I now, I was going to say, did I completely derail you with being like <laughs> Eric's a simp, and you're like, I can't function now. I've <laughs> Wow. No, I'm actually, I'm okay with that. I, it was a choice I made. Um, so look, there. I'm excited uh, to have another quarantine St. Patrick's Day, which is really just a glorified, uh, it's, it's, it's basically New Year's Eve, but during the day, it's the, it's the non-professional alcoholics <laughs> that are out. And I'm a professional. I'm so much of a professional alcoholic that my sweet wife went down to uh, Costco, uh, but she drove all the way to Delaware to go to the one that sells liquor and um, basically spent our kids' uh, college tuition to bring back booze over state lines. And let me tell you, I am just sitting on a treasure trove of booze at my house. I have. Uh, I bought this. Um, uh, well, Tracy bought the scotch. It was a scotch 
that is very, very good. It was like 80 bucks. She didn't know what it was. She was just like, well, it's at Costco. It's probably a good secret name brand. And man, I took a swig of this and I was like, this is the fucking, one of the best goddamn scotches I've ever had in my life. And I'm, I was doing a podcast for the Happy Hour Pod, shout out, last Friday. And uh, I looked at it and I, I, I drank a quarter of the bottle within an hour. And I was like, Jesus! And I, was, I, I went to Google the distillery, which was... Uh, 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 Anthony Murray, I think it was called. But anyway, uh, I I googled Anne Murray liquor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anne Murray, <laughs> Anne Marie. Such a tiny Yeah, this uh, this liqueur right here is uh from. Um, let me get the name right. Oh, it's from Alexander Murray uh company, right? In uh. Uh, in Aberdeen, Scotland, not to be confused with Aberdeen, Maryland, another mecca of whiskey making and children with no teeth. But uh, I went to go look up what the equivalent of this would be from the Alexander Murray Distilling Company. Okay, now this was a 23 year year age Scotch. They don't make a 23 year old age Scotch. Uh, out on the market, but they do make a 24-year-old one, and that bottle runs for $204 at uh, currently at Towson Liquors. So, I, it's a it's a good-ass scotch, Jeremy. Ashley, I've saved you a little bit so that you can watch me drink it and enjoy next time I see you. Um, <sighs> just enough, so you can... <laughs> No, no, I'll try to get a, save you guys a little swig so you can see see uh, see what it's all about. I know maybe you aren't whiskey scotch drinkers. I like my mouth to taste like turpentine and get turned up, <laughs> and and then and then play my favorite game, which is let's reenact the Shining kids, and um, that's just a regular, it's just a regular night for me. Now I'll um I'll partake with you. I mean, ultimately my biggest goal in my relationships with other people is pretending to like the things they like so they can pretend to like me so i'm all about this <laughs> man you and jeremy have so much in common um <laughs> except for the jeremy pretending part that's uh <laughs> now um you know, my you know what my favorite part of the shining is what's that the part how he explains that uh, not only did he kill his family, he stacked them up. Yeah. It was like, I wonder if he actually did, like, dismember the body parts. So I was like, oh, I can make, like, a pile of firewood here and just, like, pile them up into a, a little pile. It's so very, you know, cleanly. So. My favorite part of The Shining is watching that dude dressed like a dog suck off the other dude. <laughs> yeah. I like it because that, yeah, the, honestly, I think the thing that we forget about The Shining, right, is that it introduced us to the world of furries, right? Like, that was the first furry that I knew of back in the day. Yeah. I'm not saying there wasn't, you know, a random Stanford uh, Christmas tree mascot that liked to get his dick wet with it on, um, but that was the first one that I think went mainstream, and that's, you know, it's an important part of our history. The first gay one, yeah. Yes, yes, the first. I'm so glad that I saw that when I was 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching, uh, you know, it's funny, I was watching uh, Ready Player One earlier today with my with my daughters, and uh, the part where they entered The Shining comes on, and uh, she's like, Dad, when can I watch The Shining? I was like, I don't know, you're like nine, I I, I guess, I guess, I don't know, next, next year or something like that, and then I realized, I was like, yeah, you know what? There are lots of like violent things that <laughs> ha 
happen in The Shining that can permanently scar you for life. So, uh, I well, guess, how do you I feel about them seeing back. old lady titties? I mean, they've seen mine lots, so I think that's about the same. I, my titties are on par with the witch from the fucking Shining. There's nothing. There's nothing scary like, about that. Like, I don't know if my kids should watch this. Let's watch the Human Centipede instead. Yeah. Yes. You are the end. Yes. Um. But by, by the way, uh, it was not supposed to be the Shining in that in that movie. It was supposed to be the game Tempest. So. Yes, because oh, and another another thing that I really really hated about the movie is that he asked the guy a question about his girlfriend to get the special coin that like saves the day for everything. Whereas in the book, he plays a perfect Pac Man, to which he uh, also um, <laughs> I gotta fucking say this with a straight face that he researches Billy Mitchell's playing so. So Billy Mitchell is a hero in Ready Player One, the book, is what you're getting at. Yeah, he finds like a, an ancient arcade with a with a Pac-Man that's just like a like an old Chuck E. Cheese or something, and he and he starts playing, and and all of a sudden, weird shit starts going around. Like, oh, you're almost gonna win it. So then he fucking wins, and he's and he and he gets the little coin, just shows up on the Pac-Man. Like, oh, this might be important. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is the fucking movie itself. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, Spielberg's uh, a f- jerk. Hey, uh, I hate him now because of that movie. Can I can I switch gears just a hair here? Uh, next week, sure. just a little teaser. We're having a guest we haven't had on in a very long time, and that's the one and the only Mr. Christopher Restivo. Okay, now Chris, doing Psycho Gorman for him. Yeah, we bumped Psycho Gorman. No, Psycho Gorman is Saturday, and then Chris is Sunday. Did we ever choose a movie? for him yeah it's blame it on rio jeremy blame it on rio which uh, okay. doesn't seem like it fits into our lexicon but you know what we do what do we do so we can have we the should, big guest names like chris restivo on the we show should call that episode blame it on restivo hey but but listen i got to i think i will blame it on restivo i hey so so first of all hey you know chris has been bugging me for like Ever since he was on to be on the show again, he's like, hey, can I be on the show this week? He he gave me an ultimatum like in January. He's like, I need to be on the show. I'm a busy guy. I got to get on here. Let's let's set a date. He's like, I was like, all right, Chris. And I went and looked way into the calendar. I was like, we'll do March 7th, right? So time time's elapsed. It's We're getting up to the time. And Chris calls me. I was like, cool, man. All right, yeah. Hey, what's up? And he goes, I was like, hey, man. You ready for this? This your quality time thing? He's like, oh yeah. What date is it? I was like, what fucking date is it? You're the one who went out of my way oh, to, to set your date. He's like, he's. I was like, okay, cool, cool. And he's like, hey, can I can I bring a stripper on? I was just like, I don't. I mean, listen, Chris, I'd love if you brought a stripper on. You're not coming to my home, so it's all on Zoom. He's like, it's on Zoom. Oh god, I was gonna bring strippers over. He's like, dude, you're not bringing strippers over to my place of of my my house right now. What is wrong with? <laughs> So, hey, this is the other thing Chris said, and uh, he said, "I don't want to. I don't want to talk about anything about Rob and Joe or Justin. I hate them, and I don't want to bring it up." I was like, "Chris, this is your chance to let loose, and also we're a hundred percent going to bring that up." So, I, <laughs> so we're going to see how this all pans out. I'm excited personally um, to see, and 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 Ashley, you've never got to talk or meet the great Chris Restivo, I don't think. Um, I and know. his. He lives <laughs> he lives a beautiful life of self unawareness, which is it, it's it's a great and beautiful thing to kind of see up close and personal. I know that uh 
you probably won't enjoy it as much as probably we do, but I think, you know, for... I may have to come over that day and be in studio so I can be drunk during... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, why does she get to come over and not this random stripper? This is ridiculous. (laughs) Because I've already had my shots. Uh, uh, So, I will get a call from Chris sometimes maybe about midnight or one o'clock in the morning... (laughs) where he's he's pretty drunk or stoned or both and he'll be talking to him for like 15 minutes or so and i'm i'm probably being pretty too candid with him and he then he he lets me know oh by the way you're on my podcast i'm like what no no i i don't want to be doing i don't don't want (laughs) you recording a podcast broadcast what i was just saying with you no no this is not without you knowing right that's something a pervert does. That's weird. That's a, he's got, yeah. Welcome to yeah. the welcome to the surprise cast with Chris or Steve O. Here's me and my tennis and, ball. We're ready to ask you the top hot seat questions. Like I know I, I probably just said some stuff that was probably a little too risque for any podcast, uh, even though I fully meant them. But I, you know, I don't <laughs> have to apologize for fucking saying it now. Oh no! Oh fucking oh, Chris. Man. Chris if Jeremy Steve-o. gets canceled, can I be the other quality time brother? <laughs> yes. The penis is in the mail. Uh, you can borrow Ooh, mine. Yeah. I don't need it anymore. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited. So he though. literally, he, he did tell me one time, uh, okay, can we do this podcast? I'm like, I'm like, all right, whatever, whatever. So I've done a full hour of talking to him that he might want to make a podcast one day. And I was like, Okay, well, whatever, whatever. This one, at least I know I didn't say anything that, you know, disgustingly bad, so. Oh, <sighs> I got one last, one last purse, one last personal story. Uh, the great Justin Schlegel sent me uh, a text message yesterday, and now, um, I don't know if I'm really allowed to talk to this, but I know he doesn't listen, um, so, and by the time <laughs> this airs. Well, by the time this airs, the thing will either be a thing or it won't be a thing. But uh, he's he did a little video thing for the promotion AEW, which is a wrestling uh, promotion that he's really interested in trying to break into. And he sent me this video of like a recap of like this upcoming pay-per-view, which is next week. And he's just like, the Young Bucks are taking on this. It's a very straight-edged, like g- very buttoned-up Justin. And I was watching, I was like, hey, man. What I tried to text him was this. I was trying to say, hey, man, uh, I just wanted to tell you a little advice. If you don't like it, throw it in the trash. But, like, your levels look, like, a little bit high and you look like your face looks washed out. I think you need to play with the contrast a little bit. What my drunk ass actually typed to him was this, though. What I sent was, um, hey, I was like, good shit, man. Little suggest throw it in the trash that's a that's <laughs> that's what i just that's what i said and he goes what i was like oh i meant throw my suggestion in the trash if you don't like what i said anyway i struggle with the english language and he just i just oh got pages of lolol before i got out what i needed to say so basically this thing that he worked on he really loved i just said throw it in the fucking garbage you fucking piece of shit get back on the morning show where you belong uh, <laughs> so that was my that was my fun story about uh old justin schlegs right there 
Um, me and Ash saw Tommy's Hulu special, which was really great. I thought he, he did a bang-up job. But, man, did I laugh so hard at uh, seeing Tommy's mom and his uh, fiancé of 11 years, Lou, because they're, they he has jokes about both his mom and, and sweet Lou. And uh, one of them is about Lou powdering her pussy too much, right? And so... <laughs> That's a- I walked out and I was just like uh, talking to him outside the venue and it's all over and I go, uh, hey, you know, he has jokes about both of you guys. Can, can you tell me if it's like, you know, is there truth behind this? Like, let me on the inside of these jokes. And he goes, and Tommy's mom reaches over to Lou, grabs her shoulder and goes, yeah, honey, I've been meaning to tell you, you can stop using so much powder. And uh, <laughs> which I thought was really... I thought it was very, very, very funny to me is Tommy's mom lecturing Lou uh, on her usage of pussy powder. So It did get me good. It's good times. Good times. <laughs> A lot of fun. Um, I don't know. What else do we got? Do we have an honest ash for this week? I didn't even think about it, but we we could... we we do if you have time. Oh, we have all the time in the world, Miss uh, Ashley no, Pontius. Because I need to leave it for mature. <laughs> Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash. And here's Ashley Pontius. Oh, hello, listeners. I once got drunk at a house party. I mean, like, real drunk. And apparently I passed out in the first floor bathroom. And I was awakened to knocks at the door that I had locked myself into the bathroom. And they were trying to see if I was okay. I woke up with my pants down and a platter of pork chops in my lap. And each pork chop had a bite out of it, only to remember that these pork chops were meant for Sunday lunch the next day. This is (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, and uh, tune in next week for another exciting episode of Honest Ash, where she becomes full-blown David Hasselhoff as a 28-year-old woman eating food off of the floor, and living her best life. God bless. Can I can I tell the true, um, um, the bookend of that story? Y- yeah, yeah, let them in. Yeah, we, you know, we're an open podcast, absolutely. There was no um, barbecue sauce on her mouth, but there was on her bajay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was I fucking myself with the pork chops? Of course and- I was. And and you have teeth in your vagina, so that's how they were bitten. So, God, if I could eat that way and save myself from ruining my lipstick on dates, that would be amazing. And it's like, tell me about your job. Just like, that would be so nice, just to preserve my makeup and feed myself through my vulva. Teeth is true. Yeah, that would be a very that'd be a very cool thing. Now I know that Eric compared me to Hasselhoff, but like <laughs> I like to think of myself more like Alec Baldwin to when I meet somebody I hate and I call them a thoughtless little pig. Oh, thoughtless yeah. little pig. Clink 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 clink. <laughs> All right. Um, well, listen, right. it being St. Patrick's Day and in excitement, we picked the most appropriate movie that we could. Oh, man. A movie that can only be described as... Listen, is it possible for a soundtrack to be too good for a film? Because it might be Leprechaun 5, also known as 
Leprechaun in the Hood, which is, oh, God. This movie, even though this is the fifth oh installment, God. right? This is the fifth installment of the Leprechaun series. We've He's been to Vegas. He's been to space. I like that he went to space and he was like, nah, we need to go somewhere scarier. Where black people live. And <laughs> it is... <laughs> It is such a magical film from beginning to end with just how even anybody looked at the script. It was just like, yep, green light it. We're making it right now. Uh, I'm there so- is so much in this film that I could not believe. Yes, I mean, it, it is quite unbelievable. And uh, it's it, it, listen, it holds true to the roots of, uh, of the Leprechaun movie. He's still a Leprechaun. He still needs his gold back. People are always trying to steal it. And uh, it, it, it's still Warwick Davis, except this time there's a much more urban feel. And let me tell you, I feel like the Leprechaun is for the culture, okay? Uh, I know he's an Irish property but after this movie and with the journey we're about to go on you will now know that uh i'm gonna just say it we move saint patty's day to february to coincide with black history month at this point because that's <laughs> what needs to happen after leprechaun in the hood i am so convinced that this was really written by spike lee <laughs> because i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of his movies like the documentary on michael jackson and uh old boy so i'm i am so sure that he he just didn't want to say it was a joint but it really is one of his movies so absolutely i agree with jeremy do the right thing turn this movie off no. <laughs> i don't even i don't even know what you're talking about is that another one of his movies yes it's yes one of the most famous <laughs> do the right thing yeah um yeah. anyway well, did it have iced tea in it i mean it can't be even urban if it doesn't have iced tea yeah <laughs> Yeah, how can this even be a black movie? I'm not in it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Trespass was by far one of the best urban movies ever made. I like Ice T as an actor, and he's obviously he's in this movie. Uh, but Ice T always just his resting face looks like he's smell like like smelling somebody's yeah. fart all the time. Like he's just he, it's in a constant face like scowl like the fuck is that smell and that's just he does that's i just think his outlook on other people in general like the fuck is this you're so right he looks like he just sniffed a baby's diaper yes like it's the funniest most important question actually have you seen the the video for institutionalized what year did it come out well uh only like maybe two or two or three years ago well, Ice T. Yeah. Well, there's a song first of all by Suicidal Tendencies called uh, "Institutionalized." It's a fa- very famous metal song. Uh, it's like I just wanted a Pepsi. All I wanted was a Pepsi, and they wouldn't leave me alone. But Ice T redid this song in what, like 2013 or something like that. And uh, I'll, uh, you know what? Let me pull this up real quick. Ice T. Institutionalized. I like that we're showing you something that you don't even know the base of the parody that this is of, but you know that's yeah, kind of the show. The, that at this point. <laughs> and by the by the way, the uh, video has uh, the parents of uh, Mike Muir as uh, Eraserhead and uh, Mary Warrenoff from uh, Eating Raul, and also gets stabbed in the Devil's Rejects. 
Here, I'll uh, I'll share I'll share screen so at least you guys can see it here, even though our listeners can't. Here you go. Yo, I came home from work the other day. I was tired. I just wanted to sit back in my big chair and play a little Xbox. You know, relax a little. Then my wife comes in. She starts telling me I play too much Xbox. I say, what the fuck do you mean? This is just how I relax. Can I just play a little Xbox? Then she says, I saw an Oprah today that guys that play video games don't love their wives. I'm like, motherfucking bitch, fuck Oprah. I don't give a fuck. I just want to play my video game. I don't give a fuck about Oprah. Oprah ain't got no man. You better worry about your motherfucking self. I just want to kill some motherfuckers on Xbox. She said, you seem like you have an anger problem. Maybe you need some help. I'm like, bitch, call the police now. You want to be a solution? You come out, brainwash, bloodshot eyes. You want to have anything to say? They'll brainwash you, TC, they wait. I'm not crazy. Institution. Everyone is crazy. Institution. Drive me crazy. Institution. To put me in the institution. Say, what's your solution? To give me the professional help to save me from the enemy myself. And there's more of that. But it's a real millennial uh, feel, a modern-day version of the song. But that's, uh, yeah. there you go. That's institutionalized. I notice, I notice it is a 360 that, he th- that she throws. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's an Xbox 360. He does a, I mean, this is Ice-T. Of course, he has the top technology of the day. Boys, how, how would I relate? I've got a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I can't get my head. I, like, I love to how stop he, I love how he says out. that Oprah doesn't have a man. I love that. Oprah ain't even got a man, and as if he's forgetting about Stedman. Oh God, <laughs> um, Stedman. Oh no, I thought he meant Gail. Gail. So, uh, yeah, Ice T. Of, of course, he's not just a great uh, a great famous rapper from the uh, from the late eighties, early nineties. He also had a metal band called Body Count, uh, which was great. Well, that was Body Count, and that was Body Count that we were listening to. There, that is correct. They also do a cover he, of Slayer he, he, too. They do a, they do Raining Blood, but but performed by Ice T. He was he was all about controversy because his first album with Body Count was called Cop Killer, oh. and. Uh, my other, my other favorite is how he explained why he did it, since it's very metal and very, uh, uh, it's not rap pretty much. He's, he's like, yeah, my buddy played guitar, so I pretty much made this band so he can play guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a band too. It's called Wop Killer. <laughs> yes. Ice T is also a giant uh, guns rights ad- advocate too. He loves guns, Stop and he it. he always uh he's always just like yeah, black people should always have guns, and only black people. <laughs> it rules, dude. Ice T fucking rocks. His interviews are are fucking awesome, man. I love him. So anyway, uh, this movie though know, kicks off with a classic Leprechaun beginning, and let me tell you, he doubles down because for the urban feel, you gotta rhyme everything. Death to he who sets a Leprechaun free. Steal his gold. It will corrupt your soul, you see. For many a moon, the legend has grown. Death toll increases. Solution unknown. Beware the evil wanderer in search of his loot, lest you suffer the rap of his golden flute. Oh. Flee while you can, 
The future's not good. For no one is safe from a lap in the hood. Oh, a lap in the hood. Now, Jeremy... Jeremy was a little bit. Uh, he he assumed that lep in the hood meant leprosy in the hood, and he really auditioned yeah. hard to be in this with his natural abilities of having black psoriasis. <laughs> I literally, Eric, that is my top note. I literally made a note that says lep in the hood. Does that mean slang for someone with leprosy who's black? That is literally <laughs> the first note I have. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to step on your joke. I apologize. No, don't. I'm just saying we all think alike that it's a terrible, mm. terrible start to the movie. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> worry. There's, there's so many more terrible things to come. Uh, so we go back into the 1970s as Ice-T breaks into a long-forgotten part of the subway and finds the leprechaun statue uh, frozen in time with a giant gold chain around its neck. And uh, he's very excited to see all this gold and this leprechaun statue. Shit. You midget Midas motherfucker. <laughs> I just... Uh, <laughs> He already throws out the M word very, very quickly into the movie. Uh, but uh, as soon as they steal the gold chain from around the leprechaun's head, he's fully uh, reformed as uh, in flesh and uh, stabs the uh, his partner Slug with his Afro pick. So he's already using he's already using the culture against against African Americans within the first minute of this movie. Um, and you can hear him say this, which I felt was really powerful to hear a short stature. Irish man say after he's been uh, you know imprisoned for such a long time free at last free at last thank god almighty free at last (laughs) so (laughs) that's I love that he's just the second free at last yes uh he, he, I had a real spit took. Like when that happened, I spit out the beer I was drinking when that happened. And I was like, we are we are 10 minutes into this movie. <laughs> Not even. Things. <laughs> there is somebody who is, listens to our show that says has already they've checked out on how problematic this whole situation is already. They're, they 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 can't continue. Ever, if I ever had a chance to actually watch this movie with Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton just so they could have like drink like coffee and just do spit takes like like three or four times in the first five minutes so as you can see the as you can see the leprechaun was indeed chained and shackled much like my brothers and sisters back in the 1950s uh i don't (laughs) i'm jesse jackson uh that is probably an award for the worst jesse jackson impersonation i've ever done (laughs) somehow worse than lewis uh what's it in harry connick jr from independence day who also does a very cringy one yeah make a suggestion though that's not a suggestion was i'm really guessing knowing the the writer just by heart in this movie that he really his first uh try would have been mr t as the ice t character and he steals the magic chain off the leprechaun hell the yeah the i need this trying to separate the other chains from around mr t's neck <laughs> to be the real leprechaun chain so. i pity the fool who can't contain this leprechaun <laughs> I saw one. Well, I don't know if even Mr. T has chains anymore. I think he's probably back down to like a thousand air. 
you know, as to not having as many chains as he did in the 80s. So. No, I'm sure he was paid handsomely to be in WrestleMania 3. So, um. <laughs> when, he was, when he wasn't hawking, hawking uh, serially anymore for the kids with his cartoons. So. <laughs> so, uh, he quickly subdues the uh, the Ice T, uh, who's played by who, whose character is called Mac Daddy, uh, and uh, he 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 mentions that this place will be your tomb. But just as uh, the Leprechaun is closing in, he shuts a pipe up, and like spray and white foam come out of it tossing the chain into the air and conveniently on top of the leprechaun's neck so he's stone again. And then we're brought back up to present day, or should I say, the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, the highlight, I'll say, of my childhood. You know, I'm a, I'm a teenager at this point. Jeremy still had hair, I think, around this time. It, it, was, a, it was a magical time for everybody in the Woodworth household. Yay or nay? Yes or yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> And our house hadn't burned down. We still had a home that wasn't charred and in flames. Uh, and it was starting to get hoarded up to where there were like only like trenches to go through certain rooms. Yes, yes. So uh, they uh, uh, they then uh, Postmaster P, who's uh, an up and coming rapper, is uh, doing a little audition for about ten people when things go haywire and shit explodes. The guy who's watching this audition so they can get to this competition is not impressed with their lyrical abilities. Man, only record deal y'all getting is with the LAPD. And if y'all get y'all shit right, I might give you another audition. Now get the fuck out of here. Bitch. Uh, so that lead actor, can I just say, Postmaster P is my least favorite character <laughs> in this whole fucking movie. Postmaster P, are you from the USBS? Because this is terrible. <laughs> Well, hey, listen, Postmaster P, uh, who's played by the actor uh, Anthony Montgomery, he went on to be in uh, Star Trek Enterprise, uh, had a recurring role as Dr. Andre Maddox on General Hospital from 2011 to 2019, and uh, this is, uh, I think, a little-known fact about him. Uh, He starred in a 2007 film called I'm Through with White Girls. So let's just say he's had a... (laughs) How much you want to bet he ain't. (laughs) So, um... I like like to see the casting for Enterprise. Like, I see you've been in Tales from... I see you've been in Leprechaun in the Hood, so you're obviously very black. So (laughs) we're going to cast you for Enterprise. Because, you know, there's two... This Tuvok guy was way too white for us, so. <laughs> but isn't it also funnier that it's not like he was in Leprechaun in space? <laughs> that would have been like, all right, like we can work with that. Uh, yeah, I'm very familiar. You've obviously been in another space film, obviously, so. <laughs> so, uh... Uh, on the way out, though, now that they're out all this gear, they run into uh, Ice T's character Mac Daddy, and they pitch to him that they should, you know, he should bankroll their demo tape. Thank you, Millie Vanilla Compton Rap. Heard you guys are sampling Chipmunk tracks now. <laughs> nah, uh, the machine broke, man. That ain't no Chipmunk tracks. <laughs> Yo, oh, we got some new shit, man. It's 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 hot, man. You should hear it. <laughs> it's in it for me. <laughs> What's in it with you? Moolah. Yo, you could be repping us, man. We, yo, after we win that contest in Vegas, man, we're going to be the hottest act around. Word. 
So he offers them a chance. They hop in the car and head over to, um, after they do try to pawn some shit, uh, a fake Jimi Hendrix guitar to both Mr. Chow and uh, the pawn shop guy, uh, they head back to Mac Daddy's place, who is a respected hood pimp. And uh, he listens to their shit. And then uh, he's not, he he, he wants to do it, but uh, he's not really happy with their positive attitude in their rap music. I ain't with that save the fuck hood bullshit treat your girl right that shit is whack all right this label we rap about uzis blowing motherfuckers heads off you know what i'm saying smack your bitch up shoot your motherfucking homeboy in the face type shit all right yeah but mac daddy i mean that's not what we do man i mean we trying to send out a positive message uh, yeah i mean because you know what I'm saying really the shit is selling like and he gets a phone call and uh during this uh phone call uh he does like berate this guy i love i i I, 12 seconds of him shitting on this guy is so funny right here you don't want to fuck with me okay i hope you had sex last night because i'm gonna come over there and cut off your dick then i'm gonna feed it to my pit then i'm gonna burn the shit when it comes out of my goddamn dog's ass you hear me don't fuck with me bitch (laughs) so (laughs) i really identified with that segment because i've left that voicemail before (laughs) you know what i mean like who hasn't I love a good. I love seeing somebody get angry with somebody on the phone. It is it is uh, my favorite pastime. Uh, childhood friend of mine, uh, Mark Kendig, shout out. Uh, one time when we were in high school, was uh, fighting with uh, his soon to be ex girlfriend, and uh, ended the call with the exclamation point here, where he just goes, "Shut the fuck up, you shit toothed whore!" And then that's how he hung up. <laughs> and, God, that's pretty solid. Yeah, a I shit toothed whore. <laughs> that's pretty good i once got in a fight with a booker so badly like the guy was an asshole and i was so angry that i told him i was gonna make his kids watched while i hate fucked his eye socket and then <laughs> pissed on his corpse and then that was the end of that call and i no longer work in toledo but that's fine what was it like growing up in a quentin tarantino movie uh <laughs> I was like, that was like the time I, I ended a call and I said, fuck you, bitch, you fucking cunt. I fucking hope you die. And I fucking hope you fucking die worse than any other person. Mom. Mom. <laughs> so, oh, sweet Linda. Don't do that to her. So, uh... Well, she wouldn't give me the money I asked. <laughs> All you wanted was a Pepsi. All you wanted was a Pepsi. Right. Uh, so uh, he kicks me uh, I, I said, fine, I'm living with Jeffrey now. Uh, hey, Jer, hey, remember when, you asked, remember when you asked my sister for money and she was acting like a bitch? <laughs> I remember that, too. You know when she wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't take me to the dollar store because she was so busy working 60 hours a week and I, I didn't feel like walking to the dollar store? Remember remember when I wanted to fix that, that my, my lawnmower that didn't work even though I had a working one? <laughs> I needed needed you to drive me 45 minutes to Dundalk just so I could look for a lawnmower part that may or may not exist. Do you remember that? (laughs) You tortured me my whole life. (laughs) Ashley, Ashley, true story. My fucking uncle asked me for lawnmower so he could mow lawns to make money. So which, I bring him a lawnmower. Oh, I can't get this one to work. I brought him two to three more lawnmowers so he could use the parts to get one fucking lawnmower that could work. And then he's like, oh, 
I also need a gas can. I'm like, well, go fucking buy one. I was just so bullshit. And, and also, I don't think he, that he mowed maybe two or three lawns with all the lawnmowers I gave him. And he's like, you know, I'm done with all these extra lawnmowers. Can you come pick them up? Like, no, you can give them away. They're all yours now. You deal with them. Jeff is a, he's an like idea so guy. fucking beyond his fucking realm of fucking... <laughs> decency as a fucking human being jeremy i didn't know that you were a lawnmower tycoon (laughs) oh my gosh what if we made uh he's he's like the biggest fucking fucking uh, painful ass human that just makes you want to punch him so bad i think the most fun thing is that why don't we do a woodworth made film production Lawnmower Man Three, Jeffrey Reber, where we <laughs> we put the Oculus Rift on him, and we're like, we do have games that could make you smarter. And then he's like, oh, cool! You guys got wrestling games on here that I can watch or something? Because I'd like to, I'd like to watch some professional wrestling, but real close up like this year. Uh, <laughs> can I offer? Can I offer an alternative title? Yeah. Jeffrey Reborn, Lawnmower Man 3. <laughs> Do you know there's a Lawnmower Man 2? I didn't know this until very uh, recently. I actually never like Lawnmower it. Man 2. It's a disaster. Job, Job's Revenge. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I'm familiar with the Sega CD game of uh, Lawnmower Man, which is really fun. Um, but anyway, I, I remember for years, it was either, was it either Eric or my cousin that our favorite scene in Lawnmower Man was, uh, Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> you, it was you, yeah. where, where Pierce Brosnan says, uh, you know, Job, we do have a drug that could make you smarter. And the fucking look on what's his name's face as he looks up like, Ugh! it's like, the full, it's the full tarred face. Like, you can make, you can make me smarter. Like, <laughs> it's a special kind of moment in the film. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, so, he, uh, the gang decides after they get kicked out because they won't, you know, they won't uh, compromise the integrity of their music to uh, Ice T's whim. Uh, they decide to come up with this great plan, which is break back into Ice T's house while he's gone, steal that goddamn leprechaun chain and the rest of the gold to bankroll their fucking album. So they go in there, they do just that, they start ransacking the place, but Ice T comes back home early and. They fucking have to shoot Ice-T, who somehow is unscathed after this. I guess he was wearing a vest. Who knows? But the gunshot just takes him down, and he's okay. They uh, they grab the gold chain, and the fucking leprechaun is reborn. Unhand me gold, you thieving hoods. You got more loot than Tiger Woods. <laughs> I also don't understand how. Okay, he's been locked up since the seventies. Okay, how does he know who Tiger Woods is? He's keeping up with golf while he's in in purgatory. I don't understand. (laughs) I had a note. I had the exact same note that says, "How would the leprechaun know who Tiger Woods is?" I was the most perplexed by that. We may have already passed over this, by the way, but whenever he's deciding what he's going to do and he meets his friends at like the train tracks or whatever, can we all agree? Does it look like they time-lapsed his walk from A to B for some reason? (laughs) 
Yeah, they were like watching him walk up and they were like, this is way too long of a 45 second walk up to a place. Like, we need to edit this. But they didn't decide to just cut it right when he walks up and said they were like, doop, 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 like this. <laughs> it looks like, a you know that episode of The Simpsons where Homer is like, homie, what happened last night? And he's like, oh, nothing much. And it's like fairies and stuff and it's just missing scene and then all of a sudden he's there that's kind of what the editing is like in that part it's uh i'm sorry i had to bring it up i was like what is happening so after if he's the year 2000 and i say your mama hey we're only eight years from having obama <laughs> oh, oh Jeremy, that's I can even see the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I may be short in stature and I have a strong scent, but you'll never see a woman president. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> this is a uh, God, he's ice cold. He's fucking future roasting people through the art of freestyle uh Irish rapping. So, uh he uh they unload on the leprechaun to no effect and they all end up running off including a very terrified ice tea so uh mac daddy goes back to his club and calls in the artillery bring all the motherfucking guns you got motherfucker and uh decides to go into the bathroom and smoke a joint and of course the leprechaun appears and takes uh takes the joint from him he goes this is the bomb. <laughs> it's it's every every catchphrase that he does is like, oh yes, I'm absorbing your culture. <laughs> and then he uh, he does say this little jam here. A friend with weed is a friend indeed. Not but true. A friend with coal <laughs> is the best I'm told. <laughs> And then he proceeds to uh, rip off Ice-T's finger right after that and said, Find me gold, lickety-split, or else you'll get a fucking pit. I forget. Uh, he does everything in rhymes in this movie. He doesn't <laughs> never rhyme. I have to rhyme. say, no. It's a fun rhyme of friend with... Uh a friend with weed is a friend indeed. Bullshit. I know a lot of people who carry weed that I don't like. It's, oh, tons of them. <laughs> and one what? is a guest on our show next week. He's great. Oh, um <laughs> <laughs> why is he allowed to have drugs anyway <laughs> so uh he uh then goes out oh and he also does uh beat up the dj when he leaves uh for the culture and uh tells him uh he and but as he's listening to rap music he loves it so it's important to know that he loves rap music the first time he hears it he's like this is great <laughs> and uh Meanwhile, Postmaster P and his crew uh, are off to sell some of the gold that they scored, and uh, he plays the flute for the first time, and we find out that the flute is, uh, it can hypnotize people, or it has some type of hypnotic power. Um, So uh, they Um, then- Can I actually speak to that real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to point out that that is actually factual, because when I play the skin flute, guys do whatever I want to. <laughs> I I do love that they were like, okay, imagine this pitch meeting. All right, get this. We got the leprechaun. We all know him. We love him. He's a midget. He does fucked up shit. This time, it's in the hood. So we bring in the black crowd. Okay, we got that covered. What are we missing? Magical flute. Hey, we throw that in the mix. Next thing you know, he's hypnotizing people left and right. Huh? You know, it's one thing I learned. The hood could use more flute. 
Doesn't have but enough. Really, but really, if it's a black neighborhood, it should have been the size of a recorder, not a small flute. <laughs> a big flute. I got gotcha. you. I, I, I pretty much explained this uh, writing mechanism to the, uh, the writer of this film to explain why um, anybody actually likes right music is the magic flute. So... <laughs> I uh I listen I I like it because as a white suburban kid it really spoke to me. So um first the hard streets of Columbia. <laughs> I grew up on some mean cul-de-sacs. Jeremy knows what I'm talking about. Um so the <sighs> First, though, uh, but everywhere he's playing the the flute, uh, it's the leprechaun knows where that is, and he's going to go check it out to go collect his gold there. So first, it's the pawnbroker who uh, says, uh, "I do like that." He says, "What gang you belong in? The shrimps?" Which is God. What a great, what a great joke. And then, uh, can I can I get this a little bit personal? I know that you were beaten up in Thunder Hill. Uh, no, I, in, course, in the Oakland Mills area. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other side is Thunder Hill. Okay, yeah. The, uh, where the Wawa used to be. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It was like down down by Oakland Mills Middle and High School, down there that way. But, uh, oh, I thought you said it was by the Wawa. No, no. Uh, I heard it wrong then. Well, for me, uh, I, I escaped um, the fact that when I delivered in Copperstone, I delivered with papers on my little moped. I had, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, water chestnuts thrown at me in when i was going through so. oh that's cute yeah there's nothing like there's nothing like going by the project housing in columbia and just getting beat for being white it's great i, I enjoyed it, it a real character builder for me I, there, I, there was <laughs> the, the, the truest ghetto was called copperstone i think they've changed mm-hmm. it since then so oh, i'm aware of it jeremy i love that place been back was many... it still called copperstone when you were like Mm-hmm. Ni- so called, called Copperstone. The road is Copperstone, but it's uh, they and and then the tour apartments that are in the corner there. Yeah, I'm, I, think I'm I, well can, I think I can use. I think I can use my uh, my middle school uh, uh, guy who is definitely the head of the the the, the ghetto kids there because he was the largest and actually got into football and <laughs> relentlessly made fun of. <laughs> Because of his lazy, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, he had, a Forrest, eye. he had a Forrest Whitaker eye. Yeah. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker eye. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing Eric and I love more than making fun of people with fucked up eyes. <laughs> I, oh, gosh. Fun story, Jeremy. So you know, like it, like five years ago, I think it's about five years ago now, uh, the, those tour apartments got, uh, got raided by the police. A huge prostitution ring on the entire floor of the tour apartments. Just a uh, wow. real human trafficking hey. thing going on in there. Hey, Eric, thought we weren't going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, and that's, but listen, what we lost in a prostitution ring, we gained in a podcast member for life in Ashley Pontius. So that's, I'm excited about. So first, Love. so he goes to the pawnbroker and uh, he decides to fascinate him by bringing back to life, I guess, his uh, his wonderful wife. And uh, he, uh, as he's feeling up on his wife, who's, I guess, was dead up until that point, she becomes grotesque. <laughs> And then uh, poor Mr. Pawnbroker gets murdered by the uh, apparition leprechaun version of his uh, of his wife, which is, you know what, R.I.P. to the pawnbroker there. Actually, um, 
I actually have a, a correction. I am fairly sure that that is not his wife. We catch either earlier or later. Um, somebody is picking on one of our three main characters and was like, oh, is your mom still involved with Jackie D? I believe that the leprechaun was impersonating that dude's mom because she's been stepping out with Jackie D. Well, see, in the in the official uh, roster of of uh, Leprechaun Five, it says uh, that actress is played by Donna M. Perkins, and her name is Jackie D.'s wife. That's weird. So, hey, but, man, I'm just you know, going off. I'm just going off what I the internet's telling me. You know, I I can't be right all the time. Listeners, if you if you crack the code of this and you find something we don't know, share it with us. Call the hotline, and uh, we'll we'll figure it out from there. I don't even understand the scene where he's like getting with Jackie D's wife on the street, and she kind of turns into the into the, into the leprechaun. And then you switch to like the leprechaun, and he's like in some cave or something. Like, what the fuck is going on? Is this any sort of makes fucking sense? It doesn't. They just don't even know how to fucking edit a film anymore, and and just like, oh, we'll just throw this together, or whatever. You know, no, it's I'd... just implying violence. You know, I like the implied violence of like, oh, I'm the leprechaun. I sleep in the shadows and laugh. <laughs> so, uh. Next, uh, Ice-T is still looking out to collect his gold from Postmaster P, and uh, he comes up and finds them on a rooftop. Y'all motherfuckers can die right here jump. I really don't give a fuck, but you are going to tell me one goddamn thing. With my fucking flute. What flute you talking about, Mac? We ain't got no flute, man. Don't fucking play with me. Where's the goddamn flute? Man, we don't have no flute, Mac. We don't have no flute. I love that. I love a hard gangster looking for his flute. There is nothing funnier, I think, in this movie than I see, where's my fucking flute, son? And, uh... Hey, man. Hey. Hey. Where's my clarinet? Yeah. (laughs) Yo, you best best come up off my French horn before I beat your ass. And, uh... (laughs) I, he goes to go shoot him, but then forgets that his index finger got ripped off in Act One, and so he shoots. But he's like, "Ah, damn it! I forgot I have no finger," which is very, very funny. Um, so the boys are able to escape and evade him, and and gunshots. Uh, next, uh, they get to meet their trans friend, uh, who is oh man, is just this hot woman of a man who definitely looks like he plays linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens, not a Ray Lewis, much larger. (laughs) Like if Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs somehow fucked and made this beautiful trans woman, uh, they go to lay low at her house. Uh, In the meantime, also Leprechaun implies kills uh, Chow, their, their, their friend uh, at the Asian restaurant. And, uh, they other laying low. They need to get practice, so they have a back alley show that they fucking destroy. Which I love. We need to lay low. Also, can we have a concert in the alley behind your house? Is that cool? And uh, <laughs> I just love that all these people show up to it, and just this is like. And just listen to the crowd. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Yo, sometimes you do got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? And that's that's what hip hop's about. It's speaking to the masses. And uh that's Just do it like Nike. Do it. Yeah. Uh but shortly after the concert is over, uh the um 
the show, they uh, they come for their uh, trans friend. Uh, the leprechaun comes up there, and the trans friend immediately wants to fuck the leprechaun, which is great. He shows it, he he goes topless, and then he just goes, uh, "Come find your way out, baby, or or you just don't want to leave." I didn't come to play with fruit. I only seek me magic flute. Well, that's such a <clears throat> such a musical way of putting it. Mm. You're just the right size, too, for Miss Fontaine. So he uh, he whisks the leprechaun into the back room, and they hear the passionate lovemaking that's happening in the other room, and they go to peek in and just see him getting railed missionary style. But unfortunately, what they don't see is under the blankets is the leprechaun slowly choking him to death as he uh, is finally choked out. Hopefully he got to bust before it happened, but, uh, you know, I, they left some things to the imagination. Uh, but they hear that, and... Um, Next, the boys go to, uh, they see the leprechaun has murdered their friend. They go hide in the bathroom and then, uh, I guess, fucking MacGyver up their own uh, fucking explosion pad with douche and and a little bit of lubrication. But why why is there a douche? (laughs) Because he's... to wash out that bussy after all that hot fucking uh, leprechaun jam gets shoved up in him. You know what I mean? You gotta have a dish. It has multiple applications. (laughs) So he shoves it up his ass. Yeah. It's an ass dish. It's it's for his bussy. You gotta wash that you gotta wash that shit out. You don't want any of these little little leprechaun fuckers walking around making ass babies. I just I don't know if that's I don't I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on that I I, I think I'm not sure that's biologically accurate of what he was doing but okay so well, you know, lepre- leprechaun goes out of his way to have sex with somebody just to kill them yeah he's a lover and a fighter and that's what I like most about him unfortunately um, they don't make an edible arrangements for that so <laughs> they are able to light him on fire by tricking him, tricking him to come into the room and uh, are able to escape that tight situation. Uh, but listen, the boys need sanctuary. That's what we need right now is some sanctuary. <laughs> we need to go to Reverend Hanson's church. Yeah. We need to go to Reverend Hanson's sanctuary. 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 I like how he says sanctuary. Um, And then uh, after that, but they were like, nah, I got to stop at my grandma's house. So they go to uh, um, grandma's house. He shows the gang that the flute is magical and hypnotizes it. And all you have to do is just plug your ears so you don't hear it. And uh, you can watch me hypnotize people. Uh, The next day, though, they do go to the church and uh, the preacher finds them. And the preacher might be my favorite character. So as they awaken in in the... the hall of this uh, uh, inner city church, we hear this. The Lord, I say, is good, for he has delivered unto me the worst of Satan's sinners. Praise God. Reverend Hansen, we, we need sanctuary in your sanctuary, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we trying to hide from Mac Daddy. He about to go on a killing spree. <laughs> we the spree trying to kill. So you're saying you need a place to slither away and hide out? Yeah, yeah, just for one day. Then we out of here. Let me see. Hotel, motel rates will run you about... We give you $50 and we square. 
That's nice. Real nice. But there's one more thing. What? Our musical entertainment for this morning got canceled. Seems the lead singer got his ass arrested again. Now, I know you boys are musically inclined, and I suspect you might be available for one song. Ooh, so now now they've booked a church gig. So uh, now the boys have to perform at this church the, the that day. So uh, they decide to perform this little song, and uh, it doesn't go over super well. Jesus loves me, this I know. If he don't, I'll find a hope. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> His mama's name was Mary Joe. <clears throat> Mary Joe? What? And his disciples was some bad mofo. Oh, God. We're getting, so the church starts to get up and leave. But as they're lead, leaving, he decides to pull out the magic flute and hypnotize them. And not only do they all come, not only do they all come back into the church. Also, it is Beck and Coolio out from the street. So Coolio is now in the congregation watching them perform. What a magical thing! And it's not just that song. Now it's a full blown rap song. Jesus loves me. This I know. If you don't, I find a hole. His mama's name was Mary Jo. His disciples want some bad mofo. Little ones going out to the crack house. They are weak. Jesus, give a shout out. Try to stay strong, cause we belong to the fold. We gone before long. Jesus loves me. I don't know. Jesus loves I also love that it's like clearly an inner city hood church and it is a totally multiracial congregation. Like, yeah! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! <laughs> so they they end up completely destroying. It crushes this song. I literally can't tell the difference between this song and, and Real Biggie. Real so. Biggie? Oh, come on. This is yeah. this is very much uh, a, a West totally Coast different. song. Listen, that B- Biggie is East Coast. This is maybe more an NWA, much more of an Ice T feel, okay? This well, is West Coast gangsta rap. I wanted to say that it makes sense that Coolio is there because he only showed up because he has to, because he's on his knees day and night, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been spending most his life living in the gangster's paradise. Correct. Um, he's just waiting for that one Michelle Pfeiffer to turn a chair around and get real with some people of color because that's the only way that you can save the hood is having a white teacher come in and set the record straight. Yeah, you got to pay it forward. <laughs> yep. and, 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 and you know what? She's a tiger. She is a tiger. I she is so uh but afterwards the you know, it, it, the only the only problem with her uh, trying to teach the kids is that her womb was so polluted she couldn't have any kids of her own <laughs> her womb is you're saying that, that that movie exists in the same timeline that she she left Scarface to go straight into Dangerous Minds yeah that's pretty much the continuation right, gotcha. or or actually Grease too. So. Okay, that makes sense. So, uh, but afterwards, after the congregation clears out, the leprechaun is there to get the boys once again. But Ice T's there to get them too. What are you gonna do about Mr. Leprechaun? The flute belonged to him anyway. Fuck 
that little motherfucker. I should have killed him a long time ago. Fuck him. You need to figure out what you're going to do about him because he's right behind your ass. Pulled the bar for that shit. That's the oldest trick in the book. You got to come better than that, nigga. Blow this motherfucker's head off. With pleasure. Did somebody say blow? Hallelujah. Oh, no. And he just explodes oh. his henchman's chest. Like, it looks like a Johnny shotgun chest. <laughs> which is the first real gore you actually see in this movie is when this guy's chest explodes, which is pretty nice. I, I enjoyed this part. Can we all agree, though, this, that this just feels like one super long Looney Tunes episode? <laughs> oh, the Looney Tunes things don't stop there because they all run into the office. Ice-T runs away again. Now they're all locked in the office with the preacher, who the preacher is so money-hungry, he's emptying his safe and trying to grab all the money he can because that's what preachers do all the time. And uh, as they're doing it, he's like, wait a minute, I got an idea. So as the leprechauns try to burst his way through the door, they open up the safe and then lock him in there, which is 100% a Wile E. Coyote plan. They're like, I catch Roadrunner like this. They did everything but hold up a sign like that said Acme uh, as they're doing yes. it, <laughs> right? Like, it's a, it's a magical Can I say moment. that the, I think this movie is set like new standards of trying to act ghetto, mm-hmm. but every once in a while there's a scene where it's like, mm, we're almost starting to not do a hundred percent it got down to i think like 40 percent where it's like i think the actor just got tired of acting all ghetto and started just like yeah yo i think we are we really gonna do this yeah where it almost just started talking like not acting got so fucking tired of doing it through the whole fucking movie like the bad grammar is almost forced like i totally agree with you that the misplaced words feel forced and it's painful to listen to and watch and i'm like oh let me just get you a webster's dictionary are you this wait a minute horrible. are you telling me the actor anthony montgomery is not of the hood <laughs> is that what you're trying to explain to me right now uh i, I, I literally I, think I, there were moments where they got just they just fucking got tired of doing it at full fucking strength all the time so uh i like i like it that they said cut and then like he breaks character he's like uh, I know my character, Postmaster, needs to say, pop a cap in his ass, but what exactly is my motivation here as I'm trying to do this as an actor? Like, literally, it, it is a Sprite commercial at one point, so. Uh, I will say, though, the guy who plays Butch, who's the like the dumb one in their group, uh, is played by Red Gant. Grant, a uh, very, very funny comedian, by the way, always comes to the Baltimore Comedy Factory. So oh. check out... Uh, Check out Red Grant. He's uh he's very very good. So um, yes, the virgin in the movie. Yeah, yes, the guy who doesn't fuck. We'll get to him. yeah. It's probably already been mentioned multiple times. We just glazed over it, but he has probably the funniest line in this goddamn movie coming up. So uh. Uh, now that he's captured, they try to use the flute, but they can't record the sound so they can sample it because they're still trying to make their demo tape, which is very, very funny that they just they can't make this happen. So it's so magical it can't be recorded. So uh, they tell the preacher to leave him locked up, but as he's locked up, the leprechaun is busy summoning his zombie fly girls to free him, <laughs> which is not explained how he has this ability. He's never used this ability before. <laughs> 
any of the movies where he's he needs to summon sexy women that are under his control uh makes no sense but you know what that's the kind of movie we're in now now meanwhile they're at the audition with the help of the flute crushing it uh the zombie fly girls show up though after that and uh to meet the preacher who uh man this is probably my my favorite part from the preacher right here come and let me lay hands upon your sinful creature and pass on to you the blessings of the Lord. Do you have the gift of healing, Reverend? Oh, yes, my child. Indeed, I do. But my specialty is the gift of tongues. (laughs) Which is... So he goes over to start feeling up this woman, and uh, she reveals like underneath her sunglasses that her eyes are glowing green, and he's like, oh no! And then, which is very funny that he was just like, I can't, I, and then he immediately goes, I banish you, demon, when seconds ago he was ready to fornicate with a random woman. Seconds ago, wait a minute, but you're evil, I can't fornicate with you. And then, <laughs> which is, a, the whole scene is ridiculous, it just fits so well into this movie. Um <laughs> But uh, as her eyes are glowing green and he's trying to banish them, uh, we see the leprechaun's uh, hand punch through the preacher's chest, uh, essentially ending his storyline right there. Very fun scene. And the fly girls, let me tell you, looks like they were ripped right off of In Living Color. Looking great. It's it's good to see that he had morals finally. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he was the bigger man. All he needed is was the threat of a demon crushing his soul uh to to stop. So Next, the uh, the gang goes to the bigger competition to make it to Vegas. They crush that. They're on cloud nine. A record label guy comes in and says, uh, who's dressed as a pimp, but is clearly just a regular white guy. And I, I did get some of his. Guys, your music's got a real special quality, and the kids are down with it. Yo, we're just keeping it real. You know what I'm saying? This shit is selling. Yeah, you perform like this in Vegas like you did tonight, you're stone bet to win. Oh shit, son! So uh, there, there was there was a part of me that was really hoping that that was the character that played Neelix on uh, on uh, Enterprise, but it wasn't. Oh man, man, no! Oh, I'm so. sorry, I'm sorry. I was. What was the one with Janeway? The, the one Voyager. Of the Voyager. Oh yeah, Voyager. Yeah. So I was really hoping that the white like record label guy was going to be like, you know, that new sound you're looking for. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile the evil fly girls show up right after the record producer leaves the dressing room and uh and this time led by the leprechaun himself the crowd were impressed they loved every note but how will you sound from the bottom of the moat no give me the flute hell no and he takes a a butch's gun and makes him uh well, he takes the Trey's gun and makes him point it at Butch like this and says, give me the flute or I blow his head off. And, uh, you know, Post being in a tough spot, gives him the flute. And uh, as the leprechaun leaves, he looks back. As and they says, say, lad, so near and yet so far. Now live with the thought. You were almost a star. Aww. <laughs> And then he makes Trey shoot himself in the fucking face right after that. So R.I.P. Trey. Uh, this, this movie, this movie, so very much just uh, copycats the story of Nirvana. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, but that, that we did have Foo Fighters, so it was okay. Hell yeah. I mean, nothing's more gangster than busting a cap in yourself. You know what? Uh, they don't talk about that enough, you know? Well, you know, you go through life, and then one day you wake up, and you realize you're married to uh, Courtney Love, so you're like, oh, gosh, I got to kill myself. I used to, One <sighs> of my favorite jokes is... Uh, What's the difference between um, Courtney Love and a uh, and a hockey team? And then, uh, and of course, the answer is a hockey team showers after three periods. And oh my it's by- god, that's so funny! <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite street jokes of all time. So uh, next, the uh, the leprechaun goes to visit Granny, and uh, she ends up plucking his eyeball out with a fork. But it was all a dream that. Uh, uh, Post was having power move and then he has a, a the dream still isn't over he sees Trey outside of his door still shot in the face and he wakes up from that and then Butch knocks on his door in wait, real life wait can I can I give another um uh answer to your question of the difference between Courtney Love and a hockey team yes um being beaten up by a hockey team is less painful than living with Courtney Love ah <laughs> she's she's had uh She's done more. Uh, she see in hockey they have what's called the open ice checks, and Courtney Love uses checks to buy ice crystal meth. So that's the real. That's the only difference. Ooh, see that? That's wordplay all there. See that? Oh yeah. Um, I love any joke that involves meth. <laughs> so Butch finally wakes him up from his dream for real, and he's a. Uh, I know you're trying to steal the flute back, but we got to come up with a plan. And uh, with his help of his leprechaun book for idiots, he comes up with this plan to reclaim the flute. Leprechauns is rumored to be the dark elves of Satan, each with his own pot of gold. They so small, peeps always trying to capture them. The gold is like the ransom for their freedom. Anybody fucking with their shit is hunted down and killed in the most brutal manner. Yeah, no shit. So what's your plan? This. Pulls out some weed. weed? <laughs> Man, this ain't just weed, Post. This weed got clovers in it. Four-leaf clovers. What? According to this book right here, the leprechaun can lose his powers temporarily if he's hit with the essence of a four-leaf clover. Well, how are we supposed to find the leprechaun? I was sneaking around down the golden period, man. The leprechaun got a goddamn room upstairs. He got them zombie hoes hypnotizing people, taking them up to him every night. Word? What for? I don't know. But they don't be coming back downstairs after they go up. I think he fucking them to death. <laughs> we gotta get in there, get them stoned off these clovers, grab the flute, and run like hell while he's still tripping. <laughs> That's a good plan, Post. <laughs> I love that he just, with the straightest of faces, that was a good plan, Post. That's a good plan. I thought about this for minutes, and this is going to work. Uh, but there is a problem. How are they going to infiltrate the fucking penthouse where the fucking leprechaun is posted up, living his best life, fucking people to death? That's right. 
they now also have to go full trans. So now we have both Post and Butch dressed up as full drag queens to go infiltrate. Uh, they immediately give the zombie fly girls the clover weed, and it snaps them out of the uh, the, hypnot- uh, the hypnotic state that the leprechaun has put them in. Uh, they then head to the leprechaun's penthouse in the hood. And uh, as they get up there, we get to hear this. Let me take a look at you before I... I suggest a sequel with only Courtney Love on her period, but in this movie, and we call it Crimson and Clover. The only thing missing from this movie was maybe uh, Patrick Swayze and John Leguizamo. uh, Too long for... Oh, that, that works on so many levels, Jeremy. <laughs> so Transpost goes over, hands him the lit uh, four-leaf clover weed cigarette, and uh, some more rhyming happens here. Sit down, sit down, my healthy filly. You're about to meet a club named Billy. They say in the hood, you're never down unless you've the courage to go downtown and he unbuckles his belt buckle like he's supposed to (laughs) he's supposed to blow the leprechaun and just as he's about to have to suck the leprechaun's dick the leprechaun (laughs) passes out which is just i love the implied that what was he gonna do if the leprechaun didn't go out he's gonna have to suck the leprechaun's dick right there right then and there so hey, I, 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 I like I like to think that somewhere they got edited out and they actually did make a leprechaun dick to be shown on screen. Yeah, uh, how fucking frightening that would have fucking looked like. I wanted it to be huge too, like twice the size of him. He just has a massive dong too, like odorous <laughs> urungus. Like there's no way it can go in anyone. It's like the fucking uh, walrus penis. If you ever look up walrus walrus dildo online. <laughs> Oh man, that thing is just it is it's quite literally a column like this and there is a guy who fits himself onto this thing and it is shocking to watch. Had had I had I wrote this, I'm pretty sure the leprechaun penis would have another little leprechaun face on the head of his penis that also <laughs> talks. So. I am the smaller of the two, and if you can see me, I'm about to jam in you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just gosh. have this disturbing, this disturbing image as, like, as he's coming, he's like, oh, you're almost to the end of me, Rainbow. As he's sucking off the leprechaun, the little leprechaun head in the mouth is, like, whistling, going... <laughs> <laughs> so, so as they go to leave with the uh, with the flute in hand, uh, they reach to the bottom. But Ice T is there, and he shoots Butch, and uh, Butch is now dying on the in the elevator when he says probably the best, most powerful line. Our, our virgin character Butch here. Pussy in heaven, folks. <laughs> their pussy in heaven post is their pussy in heaven post god damn it man i just pen to paper i could not write a funnier movie than this this is the fucking greatest piece of cinema right here we're gonna have this moment it's like like, let me tell you this what this part of the movie is like you ever seen that video see you at the crossroads all right how much better would it be and when you was nine you were like 
Hey, you think there's pussy in heaven? Hey! <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people compare this to the end of Forrest Gump when he's talking to his dead wife at the tree. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying, boys, when I die, I want I want you guys to get up at my funeral and do the eulogy, and I want you to have tears in your eyes and be like, I just want y'all to know that there's finally some pussy in heaven. <laughs> Jenny, I just wanted to say thank you for not giving me or little Forrest AIDS. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I never thanked you enough for that. Um, <laughs> so Ice-T uh, then goes and says that you should che- team up with me, even though I just shot your fucking best friend, uh, because I got the chain that can freeze the leprechaun back into a statue. Uh, but Post decides to just fucking bust a cap in Ice-T's ass and unloads the fucking clip into him, just as the leprechaun is entering the downstairs area there. So... So, Post uses the flute to have a little rhyme off. Flute of mine, you've done quite well. Now I'll take me flute and send you to hell. If this is to be Post's last stand, you'll have to take this flute from me cold, dead hand. I'll take it from you, homie. <clears throat> you'll see. Because you know the lap is the real OG. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> what are you gonna do about he's only heard like rap for one day but he's he's really down with it so as he's the leprechaun's coming over to go uh collect the flute from him he goes what are you gonna do about mac daddy he's standing right behind you behind me <laughs> a valiant try and right on cue but if i fall for that i'm as stupid as you Mac Daddy ain't dying today. Mac Daddy, full of bullet holes, goes and attacks him. Out of nowhere, there's a bit of a uh, there's a bit of a fucking back and forth. Um, he then. Uh, during the whole scuffle, the chain goes up into the air, and it looks like it's coming right down on the leprechaun's head, and then fades to black. And the next thing that we see is that post all of a sudden the last man standing is a big time rapper now but as he's rapping along he goes and takes off his glasses and we see that he has green eyes just like the zombie fly girls oh god everything he knows he's under control of the leprechaun and not only that the Leprechaun is really the yeah. best rapper alive. <laughs> As the club becomes alive and jumping, and we get to hear <laughs> this. I come from the land of the iron the your place in the hood. I'm the man of green, come to do no good. Left in the hood, come to do no good. Left in the hood, come to do no good. Blunt is dope, this place is hype. There's a lass, this is just my type. I hate to resolve so soon to battle. Haven't been late so long, it's happy. I don't care if so your man don't suck I'm my good. dick. I'm <laughs> The leprechaun dances your chance to do the lep. People say that I, uh, I that I that I gave up sex for Lent, but that's not really true. I'm just not into consent. 
The leprechaun. The leprechaun. So it ends with a big old rap number with the leprechaun going around like the fucking mask. And that's the end as it just sly girls dancing and the leprechaun. Which brings us an end to The Leprechaun 5, Leprechaun in the Hood. What a magical film. I'm glad it exists. Ashley, your final thoughts on Leprechaun in the Hood. Well, I actually have to say, one of my final thoughts is actually that ending song. Though I absolutely hate the fucking song at the end of the movie. I have to say... (laughs) Jeremy's right about how bad the editing was on this because we actually see, if I'm not mistaken, as he's doing this rap, we see him zapping the girls into zombies that we see earlier in the movie who are the fly girls. So it looks like they cut that scene out from earlier in the movie that would explain how they became fly girls and they put it at the end as the big finisher that I wish I could delete from my memory. Oh man! Well, well they they were they were freed by the clover clover weeds, so they had to be repowered by the leprechaun. Yeah, that makes I sense. Hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it makes total continuity sense to me, just like all Star Wars films. Yeah, I think they really need to retcon this to make more sense. That's what they need to do. You know, we need to fix the um, the, the continuity timeline. <laughs> Well, I, I think this definitely rivals the uh, the Fat Boys um, Nightmare on Elm Street rap, but not as good as the the uh, the Will Smith Nightmare on My Street. Yeah, that um, one's strong. I hope they're not a nightmare, but on my street. <laughs> boom, boom. And and definitely not as good as the Hellraiser rap by uh, by uh, what's his name Pinhead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got pins in my head. Y'all be dead. I'm. You know, uh, a, a demon from hell seen my gel. But um, my favorite rap, which of all the monsters, is of course the uh, the Jason Voorhees rap, where he just doesn't say anything. Yes, it's so. just an instrumental right there. But every once in a while, he just go because uh. he's retarded. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's good stuff. You know, I enjoyed uh, Leprechaun in the Hood. I think it's a, uh, it's it's not even my favorite horror movie set in the hood. It doesn't even make my time for it. But it is. It's such a trashy movie of just uh, that applies to the lowest common denominator in every way, shape, or form. Stereotypes left and right. There's nothing good about it, uh, which makes it kind of great. Yeah, I think that's I still fair. don't. I still don't. I still don't write off like Hellraiser in the hood or maybe Friday the 13th in the hood. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't like this one nearly as much as I like Leprechaun in Chinatown. I wish I'm (laughs) Leprechaun in Chinatown would be a good one. How about, what about um, Ghost Ship in the hood? I think that would be good. (laughs) That's, you know. Probably, probably (laughs) I haven't seen part two or part three Leprechaun, but that scene where. The, the good guy dies and he says come on leprechaun it's Chinatown <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on leprechaun in little Italy that's hitting theaters <laughs> I want I wish they would just stop being fucking cowards and give us Jaws in the hood that's all we need now it's an aquarium <laughs> Jaws is in an aquarium now it floods part of the city and now he's just he's loose in the hood uh, you, know, you know what it is look Here's my pitch for for Jaws in the Hood, okay? It's uh it's 2005, 
Hurricane Katrina has hit. All of New Orleans is flooded. Now people are stranded places. Also, Jaws is there. That's all that I'm going to say. And uh, we find out you know that, that we find out we find out. This is like the big secret ending is that as it's like, you know, eating black people in like the Nolia and all the flooded lowland areas there, uh, we find out it has a tattoo and a little tracking device on it that says George W. Bush because he hates black people, just like Kanye said. (laughs) And so he's a really he's a great white racist shark that is uh, that's eating the hood. And uh, that's yeah. Jaws 7 starring Kanye West. Yes, Kanye West. Maybe we can reach out to Kanye and see if he'll help produce it. Uh, well, you know it wouldn't be called Jaws in the Hood. It would be called John. I think the selling point for having John us make this hood. film is like you're going to be so far <laughs> away from uh, Kardashian while making this movie for a good couple months. Ashley, where can people find you at, love? Um, You can always find me on social media at Ashley Pontius Laughs. And I believe you can find me with Eric April 10th. Yeah, April 10th, you, me, and the great Justin Schlegel up in uh, somewhere in Harford County, Maryland, uh, at a nice little ballroom there. Check that shit out. Details coming out with that soon. Uh, The second Saturday shit show is free every second Saturday of the month. Hosted by Mike Quinlan and Kimberly Callahan. Um, You know, all things Eric Comedy. EricComedy.com. Eric with a K, comedy with a C. I'll probably update it with some of my show dates instead of just leaving it lay idle. Links to our merch shop and all that shit there. Jeremy, take us out of here. Willow in the hood! I was in Willow! <laughs> <laughs>